0: It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Now, here's Nathan Johnson. Uh, The last several days we've been walking through uh, kind of a mini-series looking at this idea of intimacy with Jesus. And uh, again, just for some quick review, uh, we've been walking through the three different kind of main words and again there's other words in the new testament for the idea of knowledge <clears throat> but again uh, most of those come back to one of these three roots uh, one of the one of the ideas in the greek of knowledge is this idea of facts and data and information uh, it's just picking up a piece of newspaper reading the headline uh, that kind of an idea uh, there's this other idea <clears throat> in the new testament of of knowledge but it's the idea of perception it's the under understanding of uh hey i get it the light bulbs turned on uh, I've gotten a clue, again, it's usually referred to as sight in the New Testament, but it's not physical sight, it's, it's more of a mental understanding kind of a sight, aha, I see that kind of a thing. And then the one we've been really focusing on is the word gnosko, which again is knowing something but knowing it through interaction or intimacy or relationship or that, that kind of an idea. In fact, it's interesting as you come to the scriptures, uh, that idea of knowledge is just really, really rich. Uh, in terms of, um, sometimes it's used in the sense of the knowledge that a husband and a wife has in, in intimacy in marriage. Uh, for example, Mary did not know Joseph until after Jesus was born. And uh, obviously it doesn't mean that she ne- didn't have a clue who he was, because <laughs> obviously they had met before. But the idea is, hey, they hadn't come together. So there's that kind of an emphasis on the word. Uh, there's this idea that there's, a, there's an intensity uh, in terms of experience and, and interaction, for example, the John seventeen three or yeah John seventeen three passage, where Jesus says, "This is eternal life, that they might know, gnosko you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent." In other words, uh, what is eternal life? Oh, it's it's knowing, it's knowing Jesus, but not just knowing about Jesus. It's hey, it's interacting with and having this intimacy and oneness with, and just man, this thing gets better and better and better. And and again, we've been walking through the last few days some examples of those uh, in terms of what does that mean and one of the things we've been saying is it's not that academics is bad it's not that the facts the data and the information is evil obviously and hey you you need this and hey you should go after this and and hey that's important but you realize the academics should drive you to greater intimacy hey if you're going to have a perspective and a sight in the word and an understanding of the word hey that should be driving you to greater intimacy so it's not that the the understanding the site idea it's not that the data the facts the information idea are bad it's just hey when you get right down to it if you're going to pick one of these to go after hey go after the gnosco thing go after the intimacy go after the richness go after the oneness with jesus now i want to take all of that and come to this idea of bible study i love the topic of bible study and we're not going to actually talk about how to study the bible but I just want to give you the concept of taking that whole thrust of the knowledge thing, the whole idea of the gnosco, and I, I want to look at it in terms of our Bible study, our engagement with the Word. Wouldn't it be interesting if the reason I study my Bible was not merely for information? See, wouldn't it be fascinating if I didn't come merely to Bible study just for the facts and the data? Now, all growing up, that's how I approached the Scriptures, Uh, I was told a chapter a day keeps the devil away. So what did I do? Well, I don't want the devil around me, so I'd read the Bible every single day. Uh, Hey, in Sunday school class, we got a gold star every week if we write our little passage. Hey, in Bible quizzing, we we, we memorized our verses. Why? So that we can compete and we can win a trophy. So the engagement with the Word of God then became factual. It became data. It became information. Uh, here I am, a five, six, seven-year-old kid, and, and we're learning the Bible stories. Well, why are we learning the Bible stories? Oh, so you know the Bible stories, so that there's good morals that teach you, and, and you can learn from those. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Veggie Tells, what's Veggie Tells all about? Just, it's story kind of stuff. You realize that God gave us the word for far more than just that. And yeah, you need to know the stories, and hey, yes, you should memorize Scripture. That's really important. And, and yes, you need to be studying this academically. But what if I could convince you that the reason, the purpose of Bible study isn't just for the information, isn't just for the data, it's not just for facts, it's not just so you can win Bible trivia games. The reason we get into the Word is to actually know the, the author of the Word. And isn't that a phenomenal thought? That the author who wrote this book, now we understand it was written by 40 different guys. Hey, we get that. But we say, according, according to the scriptures, that those men were literally carried along by the Holy Spirit. And this book, though it was penned by men, was actually written by the living God himself. And this thing was breathed by God, as Paul would say. And so, yeah, it, it was penned by men, but this was not written by men. Men are not smart enough to write this kind of a book. Of course, all the ladies say amen. But, hey, hey, we, we as you—that was a bad joke— We as humans are not, hey, you cannot create the cohesiveness of this book. Hey, a book that was written over thousands of years, you know, by, uh, was it, several different continents, by 40 different authors, through all walks of life, hey, this is, there is one cohesive whole to this book, and you could not plan this thing out, that this has one author, what's his name, God, and God himself has given us his book. And what an amazing reality that if the author of this book has come to live inside of your life, which is true if you're a Christian, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you realize that the engagement with this book is not merely, it can go far beyond just the academic stuff. Because this is not just trying to learn about the author, this is the author trying to expose himself to you through his word. And we've said this many times, but studying this book is not like studying Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Praise the lord (laughs) praise god i remember shakespeare in in high school and uh and i i like shakespeare some i like some of shakespeare i should say it that way there are certain stories of shakespeare that i do appreciate Uh, but you know you get to like the sonnets and it's like buddy what were you doing i mean he, he must have been like delusional in the middle of the night and he was probably drinking some alcohol or something because you read the sonnets and you're just like what are you trying to say to me Now, isn't it interesting, and I hate to burst your bubble here, but isn't it interesting that Shakespeare's dead? Probably ruin a day for somebody. But, hey, Shakespeare's dead. So you realize, I cannot take Shakespeare's sonnets and go up to Shakespeare and go, buddy, what were you doing? I can't ask Shakespeare that question. Why? Because he's dead. But isn't it interesting that with this book, this book, which is alive, this book, which cuts to the very depth of your soul this book whose author is still alive in fact that author lives inside of you through the indwelling of the holy spirit this book hey if you get to a section that you don't understand and i admit there's sections in here that are a little confusing but isn't it awesome that you can actually take the passage and go to the author and say god what were you what were you saying with this hey reveal truth to me because i'm not coming to the book for facts I'm coming to the book for truth, and truth is a person, his name is Jesus. And that person, through his spirit, lives inside of me. So I love this idea in John 16, uh, Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples, and he says, hey, it's better for you that I go away. And I'd be like, no, Jesus, that's not true, it's better that you stay here. And Jesus no, 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 it's better that I leave. Why? Because if I leave, I am going to send my spirit to you. Oh, that's awesome. And Jesus says that spirit of truth is literally going to guide you into all truth. And that word guide has this idea of grabbing you by the hand and walking with you somewhere. Could you imagine what it, what it must be for the spirit of truth, which is the spirit of Jesus, called the Holy Spirit, right? This is The spirit of truth who lives inside of your life It's going to grab you and literally march you into all truth. And Jesus said, I am the truth. And we're not talking about facts, we're not just talking about details, we're not just talking about information, we're not talking about Bible trivia, we're talking about this fact that here is the living God who lives inside of your life, who's going to be taking you and guiding you into all truth. He's going to give you a greater revelation of Jesus Christ. And the primary way he's going to do that is through his word. He has spoken. And so you begin to recognize that studying the word of God, the purpose of this thing, hey, is, is not merely for academics. And again, I'm not against the academics. But the reason I get into the book is not for trivia. This is not so I can prove somebody wrong. This is not so I can whip up a sermon on on a Sunday. This is not so I can flick its pages and ward off demons. The reason I get into the book is to know the person. Now, if you take all the stuff we've been talking about this week, and you come and you bring that idea into the idea of Bible study, that will radically change how you study the Bible. Because we're going to recognize that studying the Bible then is not just, a, oh, let's read my verse for the day. Woo! That reading the Bible then becomes an opportunity for you to interact with and engage with the living God himself. That this thing, hey, it goes far beyond just, oh, isn't this interesting? This becomes, wow, God, you're revealing your heart and your mind to me. So therefore, man, I, I get to know you on a whole nother level. Why? Because he's revealing himself to us. And I don't want to just know him on a level in the sense of, well, yeah, I, I, I read this passage. I get to know him in the sense of, wow, he is revealing himself to me. And now because he's revealing himself to me, I get to engage with him. And I get to interact with him. And I get to talk with him. And, and he is, oh, he's stirring my heart. In fact, he's taking his very word and he's cutting me to pieces. And he's changing my heart so I look more like him. Now that will change how you study the Bible. When this, when this book moves beyond mere academics and moves into a place of intimacy, you realize that you do not have to be a Christian to read this book. In fact, there's all these secular colleges who are, who are studying certain sections of Scripture. Why? Because it's a, it's a classical text. It's literature or whatever it may be. You realize it becomes a dull, dusty study. Hey, if I engage the Bible in that sense... I, I don't get much out of it. Why? Because I, I am not, I'm, not going, I'm not getting into the book for the right reasons. And uh, 15 years ago, when God began to just turn my life upside down, it's interesting, when, when I grabbed a hold of this concept, as, as my friend and mentor was just pressing me on this idea, it was interesting that what I began to recognize is that when you come to the Word of God with a hunger and a drive and a thirst, to know him, again, not just know about him, but actually know him intimately, then it changes how you engage with the book. It changes how you read passages. It changes how you begin to memorize scripture. It changes how that, hey, when you get done with a study, you didn't just get done with a study in the sense of like, well, I learned some stuff, so I'm going to be finished. You get done with a study and you start crying out to God saying, God, you've now got to take this truth and just change my heart and my mind. Because I, I cannot remain the same way that I am. So you, we, would you take your truth and would you transform my thinking and would you change my heart and would you change what I, my perception and how I see and would you change how I talk and would you change how I live and would you, we, would you press me into the greater realities of who you are? See, this book is supposed to transform your life and if you just read it academically, it just, hey, it becomes dull. And hey, I, I, saw that, I mentioned this yesterday, but I saw that at seminary where here's all these people who, were, who began to study this book merely because it was homework. And they studied this book merely because it was a have-to. And they studied this book merely because it was a, you know, it was the duty and obligation kind of a thing. And you realize that if, if that is the only reason you engage this book, it becomes boring. It becomes dusty. It becomes just, it's a have-to. It's just a, and that doesn't produce life. Oh, there's this, Story: These uh, Jesus had just died and he rose from the dead, but the disciples were still wondering whether whether that actually happened. And there's these two disciples, and uh, they're walking on a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to this little town called Emmaus. And uh, as they're walking down the road, this guy shows up and he says, "Hey, yo, uh, wh- why are you so downcast?" And of course, they're just like, <laughs> "What are you talking about? <laughs> Haven't you been around? I mean, the one we thought was the Messiah." Hey the, hey, the one that we just thought had all the promise. Hey, we had put our hope for all these, all these years in this one man, and the Romans just crucified him. And it says that Jesus only really opened up the scriptures and, beginning with Moses and the prophets, began to expound the things concerning himself. Not on about you, but that would have been the most amazing seven mile walk to be walking alongside of Jesus. Now, they didn't recognize Jesus to be walking alongside jesus and him just walking through the old testament saying see that passage that's all about the messiah see that passage that's all about the messiah see that passage that's all about the messiah now they get to emmaus and their eyes are open and they recognize it's jesus and poof he poofs out of there which you know i don't know how that works but i saw star trek episode once and so i guess that makes sense and uh, so he just poofs out of there and and they look at one another and they say, did not our hearts burn when he opened the scriptures to us? Do you recognize that that is what is supposed to happen in your life when you engage this book? That as you get into this book, there's supposed to be this, see, it's not just academic studying the scriptures. It's that as you get into this book, there's an encounter with the living God. And as he begins to open your eyes to what is in the word, as he begins to reveal himself to you through his book, do you, do you know what begins to happen to you? You start to get heartburn. And that, that, that cry of those two disciples on the road to Emmaus that did, did not our hearts burn when he opened the scriptures to us. See, that is what is to happen in your life when you engage this book. But that will never happen if all you ever do is get into this book for mere facts and data and information. If it's just academic, it, it stays in this realm of just information. But when you allow your study to press you onto the reality of knowing him, Again, it's, it's not bad to know about Him, but we're not just merely interested in knowing about Him. See, we want to actually know Him, the one true God in Jesus Christ whom He sent. See, we want to get wrapped up in relationship. We want to get wrapped up in intimacy. See, we just want to get wrapped up in the realities of who He is. And so as I come into the Word of God, the purpose of Bible study then isn't just to gain some information. The purpose is to engage with Him, which changes everything. See, there's a reason why you should hop out of bed every morning and just go, Whoa! here's a new day. Hey, here's a new day. I get to to spend time in the Word of God. Why? Because this is not a have to. This is a get to. This is not a duty. This becomes a delight. And and yeah, there's times. I get it. I get it. I get it. We wake up. We're tired. We're exhausted. We're not in the mood for Bible study. But one of the things i found is that even if I press in and my desire is to know Him, then even if I don't feel like it at the beginning, by the end of it, I'm just, oh. Because he's pulling on me. He's, he's changing my heart. He's transforming my mind. I, my, my life is changing. Why? Because I'm in the word. Wouldn't it be neat to study the Bible like that? And study the Bible in such a way where you're actually engaging with the author itself. I love David's cry through the Psalms. David consistently is crying out, oh, I want to meditate upon your word day and night. And you're like, David, that takes a lot of time. If you're going to meditate day and night, when are you going to have time to, like, rule the kingdom? Hey, David, when are you going to have time to fight the battles? Hey, David, when are you going to? And David's like, what are you talking about? I am going to meditate upon his word day and night because this is going to be the undercurrent, the reality of everything that's going to go on in my life. So if I am ruling the kingdom and I'm having to talk to these people who keep coming up to the throne room, guess what I'm going to be meditating upon as they're talking? The word. And as I'm fighting the battle, guess who I'm going to be crying out to the author of that word. And, and just, David just has this delight in the scriptures to the point where he just says, I'm just going to be thinking about him all the time. Well, you're going to really have to discipline yourself, don't you think, if, if you're going to try to pull that one off? And David, David would look at you and say, what are you, what are you talking about? This, is, this isn't this is a, hey, grit your teeth and discipline yourself and try to hey, do the spiritual disciplines and and, you know, hey, I'm going to read and meditate upon the word. David's like, I just can't help myself. Because as I get into the Word, it just becomes alive with the reality of who He is. Don't you want that? Uh, I'd encourage you at some point in the near future to to read through Psalm 119. In fact, I'd encourage you to read it a couple of times. Now, it takes some time. I, I get that. It's kind of a long chapter. But what's interesting about Psalm 119 is, and we don't know who the author is, some have speculated it's David, some have said no, maybe somebody else, but but the author of Psalm 119, the whole purpose of Psalm 119 is talking about the delight and the pleasure and the joy of the Word of God. That cry that, wow, I just I meditate upon your Word day and night. There's that cry of, oh, I, just, I delight myself in your law and your statutes. I think about them all the time. I, I love verse 9 of Psalm 119. Hey, how is a young man going to keep his way pure? How is it that in this culture, in this day and age, how how is it that we are going to live as if we're supposed to, how we're supposed to live? And and the author says, well, the only way you're going to keep yourself pure is by living according to the word. Not just, well, learn the word and learn the facts, but actually taking your life and living according to this book. That you're actually going to take your life and bend your life around this book. That if something's going to change, it's going to be your life, because this book does not change. This is a rock. And then I love what two verses later says in verse 11. Well, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So how on earth are we going to keep our way pure? Well, we've got to live according to the book. Well, how are we going to live according to the book? We've got to get that book inside of us. And in a day and age where we do not value memorization, you realize, uh, again, we can just pull out our phones and ask Rabbi Google You know what a a fact or an information is. Or, hey, what's this Bible passage say? But wouldn't it be interesting if your engagement with this book wasn't just some external thing? What if you actually ate of this word, imbibed it within your life, and it just became a part of you? And you began to actually live according to the word. Well, what's the best way to do that? Memorize this thing. Just get in the just get in the book. Uh, if you have Psalm one nineteen open, look at verse thirty three. In the Hay section, again, uh, Psalm 119 is split into uh, sections, and each of the section takes on one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. In fact, in the Hebrew, that entire section, each of the first each line starts with that letter. So it's kind of a neat uh, way to learn the alphabet in the Hebrew. But in the Hay section, which starts at verse 33 and goes down to verse 40, look at what the author says in terms of his desire of God and the Word. He says, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. Verse 34, give me understanding. Verse 35, lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in them. Verse 36, incline my heart unto your testimonies. Verse 37, turn my eyes from beholding worthlessness and revive me in the way. Verse 38, establish your word. Verse 39, take away my reproach. Verse 40, revive me in your righteousness. Did you not hear the cry of the author? Hey, God, would you take my life and do whatever's necessary in my life to shape it according to this book? And would you take this book and make this living document living in my life? Not just, I want to learn information. Hey, I, God, I want you to take your book, and I want you to press it into my life in such a way where it just it changes every aspect of who I am. Oh, you want to be really smart and we have all the Bible trivia. No, I don't care about that kind of stuff. And hey, if you want to do Bible trivia, that's fine. In fact, I've learned that the more you get this book inside of your life, the better you are at Bible trivia. But why do we get into the book? It's not for Bible trivia. Oh, it's to prove my friend wrong. No, it's not to prove your friend wrong. Now, you, you may end up proving your friend wrong through the Word, but that's not why I study the Bible. Oh, you're a Sunday school teacher, and you got to whip up a lesson every single week. Yeah, you, you may have to do that. But please, please, Do not come to the Word of God merely so you can come up with a lesson. Hey, if you're a preacher, do not not come to the Word only because you have to come up with a sermon every Sunday. Well, why should I come to the Word? I come to the Word to know the person. And as I get to know the person, he begins to change my life. Now, hey, if you're going to teach a Sunday school lesson, let the Sunday school lesson come out of that. Hey, if you're going to preach a sermon, let the sermon come out of you getting to the Word to know him. And what just flows out of you on a Sunday morning is that inner, is, that, is the, the truth of what has come out of your times studying Him, not just studying a book. I'm convinced that in our generation what we need probably more than anything else is an encounter with the living God. Because we don't need more facts. We have a whole bunch of facts. We don't need more sermons. We're inundated with sermons and podcasts and recordings and... We don't need another book. I'm not again. I love books, but it's, it's not that we need that stuff. What we need is we need revival in our, in our in our world today. Well, how are we going to get that? Well, the only way you're going to get revival is when you ha- when you have an encounter with the living God. I mean, that's the only option we've got because you don't get revival outside of of that of, of encountering Him, of having a movement of Him upon our lives. Wouldn't it be interesting if, regardless of what happens in society and in the world. Wouldn't it be interesting if I could have a daily movement of God upon my life as I got into the Word? Because my hunger, my thirst was coming into this book, not just to know information, not just to learn about Him, but to have an encounter with the living God and actually get to know Him and allow Him to expose His heart and unveil His mind and reveal truth to us and then take that truth and actually press it deep into our life so that the living Word through the written word, it just presses into our life and becomes alive in our lives. That is, that's Bible study. And see, you cannot do Bible study without this understanding of, well, I'm going to gain knowledge of the word. Yes, you are. And yet you'll learn facts. But the reason I get into the book is to gnosko him. Hey, the reason I get into the book is to have greater intimacy with him. See, the reason I get into the book is to get just soaked and saturated with the living God. See, the reason I get into the book is not for details. It's, oh, it's it's so that my life will change and so that I can, I can see him more and so that I begin to hunger and thirst after him and, and that my whole life begins to revolve around and center upon and be built around him. That's the reality of studying the word. So as you look back at all the stuff we've been talking about this week, wouldn't it be amazing if you could take that concept, again, we're not against academics or any of that kind of stuff, but wouldn't it be amazing to take the concept of knowing him, gnoskoing him, and take that and bring that into your Bible study. Because what I found is that when you hunger and thirst after him, you come to the word to know him. And what that does then is it causes a greater hunger and thirst in your life to know him. And it begins to have this circular, I, I'm getting to know him. And as I get to know him, man, I'm just, he's unveiling himself. And as he unveils himself, I just, I have to get to know him more. And so I get to know him more and he unveils himself more. I just, wouldn't it be neat if you spent the rest of your life doing that with this book? And what if, as David says, what if you really did, in fact, just dwell and meditate and ponder and delight yourself in the word day and night? That this wasn't something that you just came to and did 15 minutes in the morning and checked it off your list or a chapter a day keeps the devil away. What if this book became your life? Because it's all about the author. And what if this book wasn't just something you had to do in the morning and it was a duty and you just you had to do it because that's what God expects of you. See, what if, what if you would wake up in the morning and just... You just couldn't help yourself because you're just you had this craving within you to get to know him and I, i'm not yeah yesterday was great but i, I want to get to know him even more today and well how am i going to do that oh, i got to be in the word i just i've got to be in the word i just i just can't help myself i just got to be in the word in fact i you know i'll spend 15 minutes in the morning i'll read the word but then hey you, you just try to find a moment in my day where i'm not pondering the word because wouldn't it be neat if whatever the activity is that you were doing, whether you're working or whether you're talking to somebody, what if what if the undercurrent was still the word of God? And, and please, obviously, if you're at work, pay attention, do your job. All right, if you're in a conversation, please, by all means, listen to what they're saying and, you know, and engage in, in interaction with, with the person. But see, I want to be so wrapped up in this book and just so delighting myself in this book. And again, it's not about the book, it's about the person, it's about the author. But wouldn't it be amazing just all throughout the day just the undercurrent of my of my life and my thinking was just was just him and his word and I'm just meditating upon his word as I meditate upon his word and, and I'm thinking about it it just causes me to draw toward him and turn my gaze toward him and just delight myself in him and sounds like a Christian doesn't it I want that I want that for you too well let's pray Lord we love you And Lord, it is a rather simple concept, but what would it look like if I didn't come to Bible study, or I didn't come to reading the Bible merely because I had to, what if I came to your word because I got to, that this was an opportunity to encounter you, to somehow get get to know you more? And again, Lord, it's not that we're against academics, we understand that, but But Lord, what if the academics drove me to greater intimacy? What if my time spent in your word and reading it and studying it and dwelling upon it? Lord, what if that caused a greater hunger and desire and passion within me for you? Lord, I don't want my interaction with your word to be out of obligation. Lord, I don't want to come to the Bible merely because of a have to. Lord, I don't want to have to grip my teeth and try to pull this thing off because it's a spiritual discipline. Lord, could you do something in my heart where there is such a passion to know you that someone can't keep me away from this book? Because I begin to recognize that this is a revelation of you and the author himself, God himself, as you are speaking through this word. And if that is true, which it is, why, why would I ever want a moment away from it? So Lord, like David, a man after your own heart, Could I meditate upon your word day and night? Hey, could I delight myself in your word day and night? Because in reality, as I meditate and dwell upon your word, it only causes me to dwell and meditate upon you. And it increases my affection. It increases my love. It increases my delight. It increases my passion for you. And ultimately, Lord, that's what I want. I want to know you more. Deep within my soul, I want to know you. I want to know you more. So Lord, for those who are listening, God, I just pray that you would would do something in their hearts and their minds where you take their interaction with your word and it becomes more than just Bible study. It's far more than just reading. Lord, I pray that you would do such a work in our lives. Or we truly, indeed, hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we find ourselves filled, not with information, but with intimacy. Lord, would you just grow and expand in our lives today? Lord, give us a greater love and a passion for you today. And Lord, change how we interact with your word. And would you take your word and would you press it deep within our lives? Because Lord, truth be told, I, I can't make it through a day without you. And I can't, I've learned that I can't make it through a single day without your word. And hey, how is a, a young man going to keep his way pure And how on earth are we as Christians going to live in a day full of darkness and pollution? The only option we have is by living according to your word. Which means this this book has got to be on the insides of our life. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. And that we can engage with your word far more than just academically give you the praise and the glory Jesus. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellerslie.com.